Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 9, verses 13 through 35, called All Hail Breaks Loose. Hold your place and go all the way to Revelation chapter 8. Revelation chapter 8. Just a couple of cross-references here that are really interesting. So when we get to Revelation chapter 8, we are looking at the trumpet judgments. And this would be certainly that which is destined for the unbelieving world, not for the church. And here's, uh, it's the breaking of the seventh seal Revelation 8.1, and a anticipatory silence in heaven for about the space of a half an hour. And then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets, Revelation 8.6, prepared to sound them. And the first sounded, and notice, there came hail and fire mixed with blood. And they were thrown to the earth, a third of the earth was burned up and a third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up. You can see a third, a third, a third. Go to Revelation 16. Revelation 16. Take a look. This is the gathering of the enemies of God um, at a place called Harmageddon. That's Revelation 16, 16. And we pick it up. It says, And the seventh angel poured out his bowl... This is the bold judgments now, Revelation 16, 17, upon the air. Notice the air. And a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, it is done. And there were flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. There was a great earthquake quake such as there had not been since man came upon the earth. Early similar language to that which happened in Egypt. So great an earthquake was it and so mighty. And the great cry... The great city, excuse me, was split in three parts and the cities of the nations fell. And Babylon the great was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of his fierce wrath, verse 20. Every island fled away, the mountains were not found. And huge hailstones, about 100 pounds each, came down from heaven upon men. And men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail. Because its plague was extremely severe. Back to Exodus. Very interesting connection. I was reading about weights of some of the biggest hail that's been experienced. Back to Exodus 9. And uh, the rate at which it falls and then the damage that it causes because of its hardness, weight, and then the rate of speed uh, by which it's falling. And what I read, and you, you may know, than I do more, know, know more than I do, but two pounds seems to be like the bigger ones. Can you imagine 100 pound hailstones falling? And what do people do in that bold judgment? They blaspheme God's name. They're just like the Pharaoh. Their hearts remain hard. And there are people, certainly Peter talks of them, who this whole concept of God's judgment to them is a joke. They think it's funny. 
Oh, you Christians believe that Jesus is coming back and there's going to be a last day's judgment. But watch people respond when something cataclysmic happens. You know where they often flock? To the church. Oh, yes, it's true. Prayer meetings swell. Sometimes you say, brother, I ain't ain't seen you in five years. I'm coming to the prayer meeting now. I'm getting spiritual. Right? People, and at least they know where to run when emergencies happen, but anymore in America, I'm starting to wonder if we'll even run to the church anymore. But there's a deep sense in us that God is just and that he will judge. And we think it's a pretty good idea when he's judging people we think deserve judgment. Amen? The bad guy who falls off the building at the end of the movie. Good for him. Good. Not me. I don't think I need that. I don't need any judgment, right? And notice there's a third category of the experience of the hail or lack lack thereof. Only, Exodus 9.26, only in the land of Goshen where Israel lived, where the sons of Israel were, there was no hail. Can you imagine? Looking over your fence into Egypt. Wow. Things, radical things happening. And you look above you, nothing. I'm glad I live in Goshen. That's what I would be saying. Thank God for Goshen. Thank God that I am in covenant with Yahweh. I'm not that great. I'm not that good. But somehow God has decided to love me and bring me into his covenant. And I've been sheltered from the hail. Yes. It's good. And it's a picture of the gospel. I'm grateful to be in covenant with God. And so predictably, Pharaoh sent for Moses, 27, and Aaron and said to them, Oh, look at this. I have sinned this time. The Lord is the righteous one, and I and my people are the wicked ones. Okay, okay, uncle, uncle, auntie, what do I have to say? I'll say it. Enough of the hail. I've sinned. Throughout the Bible, we've seen people admit sin. We've seen the prodigal say, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. David said, against you and you only have I sinned. Judas said in Matthew 27, 4, Judas said, I have sinned and betrayed innocent blood. Was it genuine repentance for Judas? Jesus said of him, it would have been better for him had he never been born. But he said, I've sinned. It is possible, brethren, to be a serial apologist. Let me explain. You do something time and time again, and you say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like the kids fight, and you say to the one sibling, say to your brother, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're not. You can mouth the words. Pharaoh did. I've sinned. Sounds theologically correct. Sounds humble and Like he's got some contrition going on. But Pharaoh's not going to repent. You know what he's sorry about? He's sorry about the hail. Because if he would have repented, the story would be completely different. Repentance is more than serial apologies. It's about your heart. It's about your mind. 
It's about your feet walking toward the Lord. There is a way to say, I blew it and I'm sorry as a deflection with no real intention of changing. Do that enough and the people around you will see right through you and it will become utterly hollow. Any repentance, says one writer, that does not lessen our impulse to commit the same sin again is not genuine repentance at all. And I know it's hard to hear. It was hard for me to write it. But I'll tell you this. If you get into the mode, and I'm not saying you shouldn't apologize, but if you get into the mode where your apologies become simply a way to get somebody off of your back, and you don't back it up with a renewed action, those people will stop believing you. And they'll know that your apologies mean nothing. How many times do you think God has heard in a given week, I'm sorry, I've sinned, I won't do it again. And then those people are right back in line doing the same thing. Oh God, help us. And he says, make supplication, pray to the Lord, 28, for there's been enough of God's thunder and hail. Enough is enough. I will let you go and you shall stay no longer. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. You ever seen someone who, you know, squares off with somebody and they're, they're looking tough. Oh, okay, yeah, you want, you want. And they get them on the ground. Oh, sorry, sorry, uncle, 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 auntie, auntie, auntie. Oh, my arm, my arm. That's what the Pharaoh's doing right here. He's not repenting. He just wants to get out of the hail. And he knows he's getting reports that people are dying everywhere. Animals are going down. Crops are being ruined. Okay, okay, okay. This is going to affect our economy. It's about the economy. It's going to affect this and that. It's pragmatic. It's not repentance. But there is a way to say I'm sorry where it is genuine. The prodigal does come to the father and say, I'm not worthy to be called your son. And the father, we know the story, is quick to forgive and throw a party. He knew that his son was broken. And Moses said to him, as soon as I go out of the city, I will spread out my hands to the Lord. This is beautiful. When I spread out my hands, this is what I'm doing. I spread them out to the Lord. Amen? Now, some of you may not be at that point where you're ready to do this. I get it. You may be halfway, some of you. Some of you are halfway with a little circular motion. Some of you got to keep it right down here. This is your sweet spot, right down here. Because people on the rows behind me probably won't see that, right? Right here. I'll feel you. I remember when I first became a Christian, I went into a church that was singing out of a hymn book. And I was a rock and roll drummer. And it was turned to page 252 and how great the Lord. Uh, and... At first, I was like, these people have lost their collective minds. (laughs) And then, you know what happened to me? I was singing, how great. And you know what? I liked it. Because to me, it was different. It was moving my focus away from everything the world called important. I will spread out my hands. I'll go out of the city. Notice, Moses doesn't even have an umbrella. Apparently, the hail never even affected Moses. Wherever he walked, he was the opposite of Schleprock. You guys all remember Schleprock from the Flintstones? This is dating me, I know. But Schleprock, wherever he walked around, the storm was only over him. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Hello, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. You know, since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on seven radio stations, one in Southern California, one in Northern California in the Bay Area, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, and two in Georgia, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. In addition, we have listeners all over the world, like in South Africa, Nepal, Australia, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, and Israel, thanks to our podcast. The country where we have the second most listeners is India. Fewer than 3% of the population are Christians there. The hope of the gospel is getting around. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth by giving at least $5 a month and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness, and also contributing to the joy in learning God's Word and feeling Him close. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support has grown to nearly 35%, and we are praying for more listeners to become part of the Walk in Truth team. Can you become a Walk in Truth partner, or can you give a one-time, tax-deductible Christmas gift today? Please help us reach 50% listener support before the year ends. Call 844-48-TRUTH to give or visit walkintruth.com. That's 844-488-7884. 844-488-7884. One more time, 844-488-7884 or visit walkintruth.com. And Merry Christmas. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. But Schlepprock, wherever he walked around, the storm was only over him. It's Schlepprock. <laughs> it's always right over Schlepprock. Poor dude. It's raining today. Everything else was sunny. <laughs> well, for Moses, it was sunny around him. He so, so he says, I'm going to lift up my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease. There will be hail no longer. That what? You may know that the earth is the Lord's, not your false gods and goddesses. Do you know when people went up to Pharaoh, they thought he was a god, small g, of course. And people, when they went into Pharaoh's presence, had to grovel and proclaim his greatness. Literally, ancient writers say, as they ate the dust. So when you see depictions of people approaching Pharaoh from other nations, literally what they would do, and perhaps especially his citizens, is they would grovel, they would crawl on their hands and knees, and they had to proclaim Pharaoh's greatness as they ate the dirt, something like this. Oh, Pharaoh, wonderful and benevolent. Wonderful are you, oh, Pharaoh, great and mighty Pharaoh. Puh, puh, puh. I think this, this may be the first time Pharaoh ever had to say, I'm sorry. This may be the first time Pharaoh had to ever say, I've sinned. He was so used to people groveling before him, treating him as if he were a god. Maybe that's the problem. Our view of ourselves, (laughs) 
Oftentimes we think we're the center of the universe. And so Moses lifts up his arms. It's an expression of his heart. And it's, I would say, symbolic of submission. When you raise up your hands to God, it's, it's a symbolic of surrender, submission, worship. I belong to you. But Moses says, when I do this, I know as for you and your servants that you do not yet fear the Lord God. I'm going to pray and the hail's going to stop. But I know that you don't fear the Lord. Because we've done this enough times. You know, Moses is starting to catch on, right? He knows what God has said and I know you don't fear the Lord. Now the flax and the barley were ruined for the barley was in the ear and the flax was in bud. But the wheat and the spelt were not ruined. The locusts are going to get to them later for they ripen late. There's different views here, but according to Stuart, in Egypt, flax and barley were harvested in February, March, and wheat and spelt were harvested about a month later in March, April. This is an interesting timing insight because the Passover was about a month away from the seventh plague. So just as a side note, for those of you who are interested, it would seem that each plague lasted about a week. And we're moving in to being just a little bit away from the Passover. What grows in the field early was ripped to shreds. What is not popped up through the soil was not damaged by the storm. But there was great damage to trees and the like shattered. And so Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh. He spread out his hands to the Lord. The thunder and the hail ceased and rain no longer poured on the earth. But when Pharaoh saw, 34, that the rain and the hail and thunder had ceased, notice he sinned again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. It wasn't just about Pharaoh's hard heart. It was about his servants as well. And the hardening of the heart here is called sin. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not let the sons of Israel go just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. Once again, a little breathing room provided. And instead of repenting, Pharaoh sinned. He sinned yet again. He and his officials hardened their hearts. And so it all comes back to the heart, doesn't it? (laughs) And we can see what's happening with Pharaoh. And he digs his heels in once again. And God will continue to make his name known and his power known. Just a final thought on the hardening Although God had hardened his heart after the previous plague, 9-12, Pharaoh hardened his own heart again. Divine hardening, says one writer, does not preclude the possibility of self-hardening down the road or making one's heart heavy again. And so I know by way of application that there are times when I just have to pray, Lord, soften my heart, amen? (laughs) Because it can be sometimes tough and heavy, Uh, We just learned from Psalm 119, Lord, enlarge my heart so that I can love with your love. We're going to take communion. So if you're a believer, we invite you to the Lord's table. Would you raise your hand if you don't have the elements? Anybody in need of elements? You all got them? There's one, one over here, maybe a couple over here. So I want to tell you an image that just hit me, and I'll just leave this to you to consider I was thinking about Jesus entering into our pain at the cross and 
We often talk about how Jesus endured God's wrath, drank the cup of God's wrath for us. And the image of the hailstorm grabbed a hold of my heart. And I, I submit this to you for what, take it for what it's worth. That when Jesus was on the cross, I began to picture hail coming down and hitting his holy, righteous body. And we have the crown of thorns and we have the number of times that he was hit with the whip. And we know that by his wounds, we are healed. And, but I was thinking that when he was on the cross and he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I was picturing the hail mixed with fire coming down on the Savior, him taking the wrath instead of us. And I want to leave you with a, some good news because that's what the gospel is. That when Jesus Christ dies on the cross, in one sense, you could say he's taking the hail of God's judgment upon himself so that I could be sheltered in him. Amen. Amen. So when we come to the Lord's table, that's what I want to remember, that my Savior took the hail. He took the judgment. He covered me so that I wouldn't be judged. He just says, take refuge Heed the warning, flee to the Savior. Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus to be our Passover lamb. We're going to get to this in a few messages, and we're going to watch the beautiful way that you've painted this together. The Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. His blood shed for us. His body pierced for us. He took the wrath. He endured the hail of judgment for us. Thank you, Lord. If you don't know him yet, this would be a great time to just say, Lord Jesus, cover me. I deserve judgment. I know it. I've sinned against you. I fall short. We all do. But thank you that you entered into my pain. Thank you that you took the hail of God's wrath for me. Hide me. Be my hiding place. Shelter me. Be my refuge. He's faithful to save. Tell him that you believe he died on the cross and rose from the dead. Repent of your sin and trust in him today and him alone for your salvation. He alone can save. You've been listening to All Hail Breaks Loose, part three on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 9, verses 13 through 35. And if you miss any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions based on whatever you heard in his teaching today. Or maybe you have a question about something else or need encouragement or prayer. Or maybe you just want to share with us how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. One more time, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, as we consider the hail coming down, we can picture a scene in our mind's eye, that of Jesus turning over the tables in the temple, cracking the whip. There were times that Jesus got angry. There were times that he condemned cities because they wouldn't repent. And certainly in Jesus, though he is love incarnate, he is also justice incarnate. And we watch how tender he was with the woman caught in the act of adultery. But we also hear the words of Jesus echo through the corridors of time. Go and sin no more. This is our God, incredibly loving, but holy and just. 
Well, as we move through the book of Exodus, I pray that you are being blessed by it. You're growing in your most holy faith. If you want to partner with us here at Walk in Truth, there's a quick way to do it. And we really could use more monthly partners or even a year-end gift would be awesome. The way you can do that is go to walkintruth.com and click on the donate button. Walkintruth.com. Click on the donate button. A one-time end-of-the-year gift will really help. Monthly partnerships are a blessing. You know, radio time is not free. It's actually pretty expensive. But we're doing this because it is a mission of love. And we want to see as many people as we can get saved and be discipled. And the Lord has been gracious. And we appreciate all of you who partner with us, all of our faithful listeners, all of you who pray for us. I can't say enough how deeply um, we appreciate it. But for those of you who may be new or you've been considering partnering with us, again, walkintruth.com. Click on the donate button. You can also submit prayer requests there or let us know how the program has been a blessing to you. Walkintruth.com. See you tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also so more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 10 called Lessons and Locusts. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.